Hello, I'm Susan Raff, and welcome to Real Talk. I want to start the podcast by saying I'm not okay, and I think a lot of people right now are not okay with what they're seeing and hearing in Israel. People are feeling sad and depressed and helpless. And I wanted to add some context to what's happening, but also provide ways for people to help people in Israel if they can and provide support to them and to one another. And before we get started, we have David Warren, who is the president of the Jewish Federation of Greater Hartford. And I want to thank you for joining us. But before we get started, I would like to have a moment of silence uh, to uh, remember all those lives lost and people who are suffering. With that, thank you for joining us. I know this has been a very busy week, a very painful week uh, for humanity. Indeed. Thank you for having me on, Susan. This week, we have seen the most horrific images coming out of Israel. And I know that a group of rabbis in Connecticut met this week to talk about how they can serve their communities, but also security. Because with these incidents, and we are seeing it, there's anti-Semitism, but I understand there are also um, hatred uh, remarks towards Muslims as well, which is what happens when these horrible events occur. How do we protect ourselves here at home? Well, uh, there are a number of ways that we've been looking at this issue already for a number of years. Um, the history of anti-Semitism goes back more than two millennia. Uh, in this country, um, uh, and my previous background was with the Anti-Defamation League, and part of what we did was to monitor uh, anti-Semitic incidents and expose extremism. And so anti-Semitism is not new to America. Extremist activity is not new. And yet, what we have seen over the last, I would say, 20 plus years, starting around 9-11, uh, has been a substantial rise in anti-Semitism. And then we saw about four and a half years ago um, with the Tree of Life shooting uh, in Pittsburgh and incidents in Poway and San Diego and elsewhere, the first time that we've seen that kind of violent anti-Semitism, murderous anti-Semitism. And so uh, at that point, Jewish communities um, really stepped up. Uh, unfortunately, the way, it's, it, the way European Jewish communities have for some time now and put into place, as we have here in Greater Hartford, a comprehensive security initiative to make sure that our community is safe with the understanding that at a fundamental level, if individuals are not comfortable engaging in life within their community, religious life, participation in the Jewish community center, synagogues, schools, um, then the rest is meaningless. Uh, it's just, it's a core need. And so in a variety of ways that we can talk about, we've been addressing this issue already for several years in a very substantial way. Um, what's been happening now, of course, um, brings that to a different level. Uh, 
any time that significant violence occurs in the Middle East, um, it's typically been a flashpoint for increased uh, anti-Semitism around the world. And with that, and we've begun to see that, um, we've taken additional precautions in the last week. I know that the federal government is now providing grants uh, for places of worship to help uh, synagogues uh, make improvements to security. Uh, Connecticut lawmakers, uh, I think it was back in 2018, around there, uh, approved grants as well. I think about $10 million total for that. So you are right. I mean, you know, protecting uh, from violence is not a new uh, thing at all, uh, but it's on the forefront of a lot of uh, communities now. Well, and um, to go back now to the events of the last week um, and the re- the wider reverberations, um, the um, you know this has been compared to Israel's nine eleven, um, and some have suggested that in some ways it's worse because everybody in Israel is connected. Um, there's not a, a a family, there's not a household that is not impacted with somebody they know who was killed, injured, um, taken captive. And so the tragedy um, is impacting everyone. And there are significant connections between our community and uh, and Israel as well. And part of the challenge directly to your question is that uh, and there was a wonderful article I commend in the Atlantic magazine this week about the Hamas charter. So the Middle East is complicated. There's no more complicated area. Um, There's all kinds of claims that can be made with great legitimacy by Jews and Israelis, by Palestinians. It's a complicated scenario of perspectives on connection to the land and history. Um, What is unambiguous is that uh, Hamas specifically does not reflect that broader complexity of claims. It ascribes, subscribes to an unmitigated view, black and white view, that um, is um, anti-Semitic, is genocidal, and calls for the elimination of the state of Israel and every Jew therein. Do you think that Israel made a mistake by giving Hamas a seat at the table to negotiate and have power? Well, Israel didn't give Hamas a seat at the table. Um, Hamas, when Israel withdrew from Gaza and uh, left an economic infrastructure for a vibrant economy and hopefully a democracy, what happened within a short period of time is that the Palestinian Authority, with whom Israel had negotiated uh, for that withdrawal, was thrown out of Gaza by Hamas. So Israel didn't, didn't, ensconce Hamas there. Um, And Hamas has said from the very beginning and all the way through, we will never negotiate. There's no compromise. Um, The optimistic side of there's no optimism to what happened over the last week. Um, But what some have suggested, including Brett Stevens in the New York Times recently, and Tom Friedman, is that there may be an opportunity. Israel will eliminate Hamas. Um, There is unanimous consensus that that it cannot go back to the status quo with this murderous this nazi-like murderous regime and then the question is what happens thereafter and some have suggested that um uh, responsible actors in the region like the united arab emirates egypt and others 
could actually come in and help to develop the kind of government that allows the people of Gaza to live in with security and with all of the, the rights and freedoms that we know that many people want, that all individuals want. Instead, they're living in an autocracy and they're being terrorized as well by their own government. There has to be a change. What that change will look like, uh, we will know. But um, Hamas, Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, they all have one thing in common. They're terrorists. And to treat them as any other way, I think, is is wrong. Uh, this has to be a very stressful time for uh, many rabbis and uh, congregations. Uh, and I would imagine that people everywhere are feeling, I mean, what are you hearing from some of the organizations and people that you uh, work with? Uh, and this has never been seen before, anything like this. No. And again, it's, as I said earlier, it's personal. Um, almost everybody has a connection. There are many people in this community that have children in Israel, some of them serving in the Israeli military, um, thousands of American Jews in this community alone have visited Israel, have deep connections. And so the the trauma is deep. Look, any any person who witnesses, you know, who sees the videos and sees what happens, you know, can't help but be not only moved, but traumatized by it. Uh, and so we're seeing, in fact, levels of trauma. Um, we're um, going to be funding, we, we actually, uh, we meaning the Jewish Federations of North America, uh, agreed yesterday to a half a billion dollar campaign to rebuild in Israel, and we're going to be participating in that. And some of those funds are going to go to trauma needs in Israel. We and our partners in this region, including the Jewish Feder the Jewish Community Foundation, will be also bolstering mental health needs here as well. Um, people are still in a state of shock. Uh, it's It's surreal. The level of barbarism that took place is unspeakable. But that should not, unsadly enough, that should not surprise anyone. And I remember with the Taliban, uh, they were broadcasting uh, where they were uh, beheading people. And we all witnessed that. So sadly, I, I don't think that's uncharacteristic of terrorism, uh, but on this scale. And, you know, I don't like to compare tragedies. I've heard other people say that, but it's reminiscent of 9-11, but you are absolutely right. It is not because uh, as tragic and horrible as 9-11 was, they bombed uh, the towers and were gone. This, they are in and on the ground and terrorizing and slaughtering people for days on end. Correct. Very different. Very, very They're different. Very different. The other thing that I would say, uh, and I'm not a trauma expert, um, but um, in these kinds of situations, um, one of the ways to, if not move beyond it, but to at least put it in perspective and provide some solace is to actually take action. And so in Israel, we're seeing that um, the, the call up rate, the number of people who are responding to their uh, reserve call up and people in this country who are uh, reservists or who've done military service, huge numbers. The country is unified. People are stepping up to volunteer in all kinds of incredible ways in this period of emergency. And the same thing is happening in our community. So you ask what we're hearing. We're hearing from people who want to help. Now, one of the ways they can help, and I think you alluded to it earlier, is this fund that we're creating 
to pay for things like funerals and rebuilding of homes and mental health support. So we're having a tremendous outpouring there. Um, but people are also looking for other outlets to help. And they're turning to spirituality. You mentioned the rabbis and the rabbis are also working uh comprehensively to uh, both address individual needs, but also to bring our community together in a way that um, bolsters solidarity and provides just like when you lose somebody, you know, in a individual scenario, you pay a shiva call or you go to a, a wake. The idea of coming together and just being with each other uh, is meaningful for many people. And in our tradition, we also believe, like in other faith traditions, in the power of prayer. And so um, today, actually, for many, is a day of fasting. Jews around the world, some Jews, are participating in a day-long fast. Um, and what we will continue to see, this is like one week into this, Susan, not even one week. And so um, it's an evolving story. But I would say, in summary, right now, the level of trauma is very deep, unlike anything I've ever seen before. You know, even for myself, uh, being Jewish and thinking about how, you know, Jewish law requires people to be buried within a couple of days. You can't bury, you know, 2,000 people. or And the funerals and the trauma that people, I, I, I can't even um, uh, imagine. But I do know that there is some comfort in bringing uh, people together. And I know that over the coming days, more people will give. I would imagine we will see organizations maybe like Doctors Without Borders uh, going to Israel. I know they're going to need supplies. How do people find out about that, about what is needed? Or is money donations, monetary donations, really the way to go? It's certainly right now, because then those uh, that are coordinating those efforts know where that money is best spent. Yeah. So just like with Ukraine, when the Ukraine war broke out, you know, I was getting calls. Others were, you know, how do we send food? And, you know, like, you're not going to send food to Ukraine. Um, uh, and the same thing here. Um, the best way, honestly, and there are a number of different organizations collecting the you can go to our website, jewishhartford.org, and there's a link. One hundred percent of the proceeds are going directly for relief through the Jewish Federations of North America and with great care. Um, and there is a team, and we're working with partners on the ground who've been doing this for decades, who are assessing day by day what the needs are and then putting those resources where there are the greatest needs and can have the greatest good. So in that sense, right now, the very best way is in fact to provide the financial support. There will be other ways, I'm sure down the road, um, but that's certainly the best way right now. Are you an optimistic person? I'm always an optimistic person. Um, and again, I think one of the, so it's no secret that Israel in the last six, nine months has been riven by a degree of polarization, as of course we've experienced in our country, political polarization, polarization over um, the nature of um, Israel's democracy, uh, and perspectives on that. Um, and what this, and pretty much split 50-50, you know, between different factions, right and left, and a lot of acrimony. And what this event has caused is a degree of unity 
that I've, again, never seen before uh, amongst the Israeli populace. Um, everybody is united in responding to this crisis and in moving beyond those points of conflict. So I think we're going to see uh, a, a much more vibrant, thriving, harmonious Israeli society. Israel, unfortunately, has been through tragedy before. You can say that literally it's never known a day of full peace without any incident. You have neighbors who are still at war with Israel. Um, and yet every time that Israel has suffered, and they have, the Six-Day War in 1973, um, wars relating to Hezbollah in the north, every time the country has grown stronger. Um, the other thing that I think is very heartening is that this administration, the Biden administration, and Congress on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, are standing shoulder to shoulder with Israel, not only because of the barbarity, which any good person would stand up for, but they recognize, A, the nature of Hamas, which we talked about earlier, not just a terrorist organization, not just, it's a terrorist organization genocidally committed, if I haven't made up a new word, to the destruction of Israel, but also because they see the shared values, and they've long seen the shared values of democracy uh, with Israel. In fact, many argue that our founding fathers, who were well-versed in the Bible, uh, many of the ideas of, of American democracy came from that sort of ancient biblical tradition. It's partly why many of the Connecticut towns and cities have biblical names. Um, so we share those values and the ability of President Biden to get up this week and say there's no equivoc equivalence, equivocation, there's no cycle of violence. This is not about something that Israel did. And we will do everything possible. This is the American government to support Israel, including sending a carrier to the Middle East, to the Gulf, uh, and to the Mediterranean, with a message to Iran and a message to Hezbollah. Iran, uh, Israel's neighbor to the east, Hezbollah in the north, um, to say, if you get involved in this conflict, because the great concern now is Hezbollah, which is a very capable military force, could open up with hundreds of thousands of rockets from the north. If you get involved, we get involved. And that's a very powerful deterrent. The other thing that I just want to mention while we're talking about geopolitics, and I heard a briefing from former Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, and he described what's happening as, and specifically Hamas, with the metaphor of an octopus. He said Hamas is one leg or one tentacle of that octopus. Uh, Hezbollah is another. What's happening in Yemen is a third. There are a number of tentacles, but the head of the octopus is Iran. And Iran is committed. The same people who are targeting Israel are targeting America. And they're very explicit about it. Hamas, Hezbollah, and the, the, the head of the octopus, Iran. And so for the American government to be very clear about that, back to your question about optimism, it's very important. And, um, and we'll see. But it's going to be difficult in the coming days and weeks. Uh, we're going to see more violence, unfortunately. And um, Israel will prevail, but it's going to come at a high cost. I want to leave it at that because I we've come out with uh, something optimistic, but I encourage everyone listening and everywhere uh, to read up, to listen to podcasts. I listened to several this week uh, because this is not a simple 
uh, situation. Uh, and it really isn't uh, all about uh, the Palestinian cause and freedom. It's about terrorism. It's about Iran. And it's important to 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 say this, I think, and and you know this, that, you know, Hamas does not want a two-state, the Palestinians and Israelis to live side by side. They do not want Israel to exist at all. And I don't think a lot of people know that or understand that. So I encourage people to to get involved and listen because, you know, it is so far away and people see this and it's easy to just say, well, you know, if you give the Palestinians some freedom and give them their own state, everything's going to be great. And that's really not what's happening. And I know that's a very, you know, simplistic way of saying it, uh, but I encourage that. I also encourage people to uh, to speak to their neighbors and get involved and help and give money if they want to and figure out a way because I think we're all very helpless right now. We feel vulnerable and we don't know what to do. And if we can put that to some positive uh, use, maybe we'll feel a little bit better about humanity because it's very hard to feel good about humanity right now. I know that's a sad thing. Susan, can I add also on a positive note? Please we, do. <laughs> we had the the rally in uh, for the whole community, but in West Hartford Center a, a few days ago, and um, it was so heartening to have so many neighbors outside of the Jewish community, religious leaders and other leaders standing shoulder to shoulder with us. And whenever something happens, a hate crime, an act of bigotry targeting any community, in this case, this monumental tragedy targeting Israel and the Jewish people, one of the best things people can do is to just show up and to, to embrace their neighbor, to say to your Jewish friends, um, uh, I feel your pain, I'm with you, um, to give them a chance to talk. It, it means a lot to just acknowledge that. And I'm hearing that also all across our community with deep appreciation to our non-Jewish neighbors for what they're doing. Thank you, David. I was at that uh, uh, event earlier this week, and I felt a real sense of solidarity with people. I mean, it was organized with uh, just a few hours notice. In addition to a lot of politicians and uh, Jewish organizations, you had people from the community. And as you know, West Hartford certainly has a large percentage of uh, Jews. And I believe West Hartford might be the largest Jewish population in between, say, New York and Boston. Uh, but there were other people at that uh, event also, that rally, who were not Jewish, who were standing up in solidarity. So I hope we can come together in some way and help our neighbors in Israel and get through this. And I'm going to hold you on that, that maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel, or at least a better light than what's happening now. And I, I also want to pick up, Susan, on what you said earlier at the very beginning, which is Hamas does not represent the Muslim world. It doesn't represent the Arab world. Um, there are hundreds of millions, uh, you know, of this billion, vast majority of Muslims condemn terrorism. Uh, the Arab world, in fact, is largely developed significant rapprochement with Israel. Israel has terrific relations now with Morocco and and with the United Arab Emirates and uh, Bahrain and um, and they're condemning this also. And so we just need to be careful about stereotypes and about demonization of other communities. Uh, but at the same time, to be clear about who the, 
the terrorists are in the region, and it's a very serious threat both to Israel and to uh, America. David Warren, the president of the Jewish Federation of Greater Hartford, we want to thank you for joining us on Real Talk, and we hope uh, we wish you peace. We wish all our viewers and listeners peace and to reach out to your neighbors and people and stand in solidarity and do what we can uh, to help make this a better world. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you. Thank you very much.